wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fret. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the and Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening. To you are listening to you are listening. Then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? are getting this on a very, very, very awkward, yet special Sunday episode of the YLP podcast, and we will be, we will get into light, light the fuse in the next segment, but we do have some news to discuss uh, before we get into the swing of things. Hope you guys are enjoying, I've been enjoying your weekend so far. Uh, I have, um, like I said, Friday, uh, I was just trying to rest my back, because the last, uh, those last three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I was working on a project at work, and it, it kind of caught up to a player, so um, <laughs> I figured take the Friday off, I didn't even watch SmackDown, I heard that, I heard SmackDown was dope from uh, Mr. Uh, King Ricky Rose, and I will be uh, checking on that, hopefully if I still have a DVR, uh, sometimes my DVR is kind of wonky, 
Sometimes it'll give me the whole episode. Sometimes it'll give me like half shit. So, but that's why we got WWE YouTube for it. It bees what it bees. But, um, yeah, so Saturday, again, uh, didn't want to interfere with the numbers for the Game Changer podcast. Um, not my thing. Not no means to uh, step on anyone's toes um, if I don't get an episode out in a timely manner. Excuse me. But I figured it was a great way to end the weekend in a proper note, in a high note. And, you know, get an episode out on a, on a day where usually I would be um, doing and looking actually for articles for uh, tomorrow's episode. Uh, which will be 2.36 of the YLP Podcast, discussing, of course, news of the weekend. Um, so the next three days, you're going to be getting you're gonna be getting some quality content out of your boy. Putting in some work. <laughs> but it is what it is. Again, thank you guys so much for uh, joining me on this special Sunday episode of the YLP Podcast, episode 235. We're going to be discussing some AEW stuff. Of course, y'all know it's Light the Fuse Day. And I got a little bit of news coming out of... AEW's uh, episode on Wednesday. The biggest one, though, I think that came out came out on Friday. And this was one I'm sure you had seen, but if you are living under a rock or you didn't hear about this news, Eddie Kingston, as of this past Friday, is officially all Elite, and let's get it, the news over from CadesideSeats.com. AEW announces the signing of Eddie Kingston by Sean Reuter. This was from Friday, of course. AEW touted one of the top independent wrestlers in the world for Cody's TNT Championship Open Challenge on July 22nd. That person is independent no more. Eddie Kingston made a huge impression both on the microphone and during his no-DQ match with the executive vice president. Trending on Twitter during Dynamite. He remained a topic of conversation after the show thanks to an emotional Fallout interview, which I actually personally have not have seen. Um, but one I will probably watch in my own time. As of July 31st, AEW announced they'd signed the 18-year veteran to a contract. And this is actually from AEW's personal Twitter. Quote, welcome to the team, hashtag Mad King. Eddie Kingston is hashtag all elite. Hashtag sign Eddie Kingston is now hashtag Eddie Kingston is signed. Kingston spent time in Chikara, CZW, Ring of Honor, TNA slash Impact, MLW, and most recently the NWA during a career that started in 2002. Shit, that was actually the, that was actually in the eighth grade when he started his career. Holy shit. This is by far the highest profile gig he's had. Congrats, Mad King. Watch your back, MJF. This is a huge signing for AEW, in my opinion, personally. This is just me. Um, I am excited about Excalibur. Uh, I am hugely excited about Excalibur. Um... Hugely excited. I cannot, I am glad that uh, that they actually got him. They actually got um, they got his ass. And and after his promo, one, which was absolutely brilliant, and two, his match with Cody Rhodes, it's no surprise that he should have been signed. 
to AEW. A lot of people were kind of up, were upset that he didn't get signed immediately, a la Ricky Starks, after his match against Cody Rhodes um, for the um, TNT Championship um, a few weeks ago. But seriously, I, I am quite I am quite happy with the uh, with the signing. Um, hugely happy about that. I can't believe they they didn't get him sooner. But you know. Hey, it bees with the bees, and I am excited to see what Eddie Kingston is going to do in AEW. The matches he is going to have. He is literally going to be... I, I have a feeling he's going to be doing something major. I, I mean, immediately. It wouldn't surprise me if he just got into a, an, a, a program with somebody. doesn't matter who, but, you know, think of the roster they already have right now in AEW. And then think about what he is capable of. The man can go. The man can talk his ass off. And trust me, he had me laughing during his promo when he was shitting on Arn Anderson. That had he had me absolutely dying during his promo when he told him, "I'm gonna break your jaw." Keep looking at me like that. I'm gonna break your jaw. That's that New York coming out. That's that real. That's that New York coming out. But. I gotta say, I'm happy with the signing. I'm gonna be excited to see who who they put him up against for feuds. And they got a lot. They got a lot to choose from. They got a lot of talent to choose from, and this just helps their main event scene that much more. And it's a beautiful thing to see. I can't wait to see what they do with Kingston going forward. And congratulations to Eddie Kingston for being now being part of the AEW promotion. Moving over to a different side of AEW, and um, this has been big news for quite some time now. Um, of course, that being Excalibur and Kevin Owens um, being under fire for a uh, past use of a certain racial slur. Um, mm. And let's get into this from Forbes.com. AEW announcer Excalibur, Kevin Owens, under fire for past use of racial slurs. This is from, of course, Alfred Kanua. Coming off the return of Semi Guevara's last week, who was suspended by AEW for past vulgar remarks about Sasha Banks, AEW could be dealing with another controversy. Old footage has surfaced of lead AEW play-by-play announcer Excalibur using racial slurs to insult a wrestler as part of a promo. During a PWG show... The promotion which Excalibur owns is part of a six-person group, Excalibur and Kevin Owens. You think, quote, you think you can replace myself in Disco Machine with a racial slur against Latinos and a racial slur against Latinos. Um, Following the remarks from Excalibur, Kevin Owens doubled down and joined Excalibur in using the N-word. There are multiple videos of Excalibur using these tactics for heat. After another AEW talent has landed in hot water during the peak of cancel culture, AEW once finds itself in a difficult decision as a, pres- as a wrestling promotion that prides itself on progressiveness. Given the small sample size of the punishment stemming from the Sammy Guevara incident, Excalibur may be headed for a month-long suspension at the very least. While it's unfortunate to see modern pro wrestling and its aggressively white leadership okay, continue to lean on the racism and stereotypes, to promote black talent, we're gonna have. I'm not even gonna bother with that bullshit. Um, it's there, but I'm not gonna get into that. 
The fact it's that Excalibur did so as part of an otherwise questionable wrestling promo should be taken into consideration. But given Excalibur's role as the owner of PWG, it can also be argued that he has more control over the creative production, creative direction of his promos and should have known better. Dave Meltzer noted during Thursday's Wrestling Observer Radio that Excalibur, Owens, and others knew the angle was a mistake and have since apologized and atoned for their actions in the past. With Jimmy Havoc remains MIA as he attends rehab amid the hashtag speaking out allegations against him, it'll be interesting to see the type of disciplinary action AEW establishes to protect its well-intended public image. Now, let me see. Now, there is an art. Now, I know there was an article out there that actually counters um, this, if I remember correctly. If I'm, I'm going to see if I can find it quickly. So I think I remember an article saying, you know, I'm trying to see if this is the one. Yep, this is the one. Okay, so this is also from WrestlingInc.com from this past Thursday. News on Excalibur's absence from AEW Dynamite, old racist promo by Excalibur and Kevin Owens from Robert Gunier. Let's get into this real quick. As previously reported, Excalibur missed Wednesday's AEW Dynamite tapings. No reason was given for his absence. Dave Meltzer noted on Wrestler Observer Radio that Excalibur made it to Jacksonville, Florida last night to fulfill his role as an announcer on the show, but he was held off from TV. As seen at this link, a video has been training, trending online that shows a, both AEW announcer Excalibur and WWE superstar Kevin Owens using racial slurs during a promo at a PWG show in the early 2000s. The video has been posted on social media over the years, but regained traction over the past week. Excalibur can be seen grabbing the microphone and asking if Super Dragon feels comfortable replacing them with the men in the ring. However, he uses racial slurs to describe them. Owens then grabs the mic and emphasizes one of the slurs to further antagonize on one of their opponents. Human Tornado. Owens' racist line was actually taken from Steve Austin in The Longest Yard, in which Austin played a racist police officer, and anyone who's seen that movie knows exactly the line I'm talking about. During the early 2000s in PWG, Human Tornado would apparently encourage people to do promos based around the subject of race to garner more heat, according to Meltzer. This reportedly made Owens uneasy, and he was reluctant to do the promo scene in the video. After the event concluded, Excalibur and Owens apparently realized how big of a mistake they made and apologized for it. AEW and WWE have yet to make a statement since the video resurfaced and Owens and Excalibur have also remained silent up until this point. It's not known if Excalibur will be punished for the promo outside of missing uh, last night's show. I'm just reading off as an article as it is written. Sammy Guevara recently returned to AEW after serving a one-month unpaid suspension for comments he made in 2016 that resurfaced about, that were resurfaced about Sasha Banks. And I saw this article, and I was going to talk about this article anyway, on Friday, because it was a little bit more recent. Now, as a person of mixed race, I am half black and half Czech. Half black on my mother's side, half black on my dad's side. I have heard literally almost every racist slur you can honestly think of, literally, without question. 
So when I hear it, it really doesn't bother me as much. Surprising, I know. Um, when I was younger, it definitely bothered me because I really didn't want to hear it. It was nothing that I really needed to hear. You know, I was like, okay, really? Is this what we're going to run with? So when I hear it, most times, it really doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't. And, you know, I pretty much adopted the theory of, you know, you only give it as much power as you let it. And I don't let it because it's just like, because I actually know the difference between uh, the actual word itself and both, I know both meanings. And trust me, I sure as hell ain't ignorant. Feel me? Just in case you didn't know what the actual term of the N-word actually meant. But, now, as far as Excalibur and Kevin Owens go, now, yes, I can understand them being reluctant to do so, especially on Kevin Owens' end, and, you know, with Human Tornado, I never heard this motherfucker before in my life. I'll probably know him from a can of paint. It bees what it bees. But, you know, hopefully, I mean, they, they, they realized how, after the show was over, they realized how big of a mistake it was. Apologized immediately, all this stuff. Now, of course, the video was going to resurface. Someone took time out of their fucking day to find this video to just cancel them, in an attempt to cancel them. Um, now, I would not be surprised if Excalibur got punished and left off TV for a little bit. Wouldn't surprise me, but they had to ask to replace him uh, this past week on AEW Dynamite, so all was not lost, and I honestly thought the commentary was on point all you know throughout the entire time. So it didn't really bother me as much in terms of commentary. On Kevin Owens' side, um, in terms of how he's been booked as of late, this may not even be as much of a factor as they think it is. Because he hasn't really been pushed to pretty much, uh, as far as I know, because I don't watch fucking Raw to save my life, um, damn near much of anything. No United States title mix, no Universal Championship, not Universal Championship, but WWE Championship mix. So if anything, he could just be left off TV and just be chilling. They realized the mistake they made already. They apologize for it already. What pisses me off is that someone, now they even said in the articles that this video has, you know, resurfaced over and over over the years, all this shit. But now we're in this <clears throat> cancel culture society where if you even has made as much of a post from five years ago, and you've now changed your views on shit, nope, you should still be canceled. That, to me, is bullshit. Okay? My views on shit are extremely different now at my age of 32, completely different than what it was when I was 22. Big time. I think different now. My viewpoints about certain things in society have changed. Okay? And don't even get me started on my generation, because I, I, I can go a whole full-on hour with that. But that, that's the, today ain't that day. And I'm in no mood to speak about millennials. Even though, pretty much, I are one. 
and I, and I unfortunately have to claim that as part of my generationalness. Not a word, but I'm dealing with it. But they've already, they have definitely apologized already for this. Okay. So, if this is their way of a, trying to attempt to cancel Excalibur because of something that happened literally almost two fucking decades ago, it happened. They already, they already apologized for it up and down. And now we're, and now we're just trying to do this because. Oh, he said, he said it. 20, damn near 20 years ago. And, and the human tornado encouraged it. So he was okay with letting Owens and Excalibur say what they said in their promos. Now, personally, I've not seen the video. I have not. I don't plan on it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to retweet it. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to say anything about it more than what I'm going to say on the, on today's episode. Okay? As far as I see it, you know, they've already apologized for it at that moment. After the show was over, they immediately knew. Now, understand, now I understand if you were uneasy, don't do the promo. You know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe in that moment, you know, he was just trying to do that, get some heat, understandable. You know, again, the human tornado literally would apparently encourage it to do promos based around the subject of race. Now, I understand maybe you shouldn't have said the slur. Perfect, you know, I get that bit. But there is no fucking reason to attempt to cancel someone because of a promo they did literally almost two decades ago. See, this is what COVID did to y'all motherfuckers. Got y'all doing jack shit, nothing of production, you know, you ain't got no job, probably, I don't know, getting more money off you, off the unemployment that you're getting than you are, than you did your job, and instead of doing something with that, saving it at least, you decided to, to find videos and shit and attempt to cancel someone, ruin their livelihood and trying to take care of their families and shit. That's what COVID did to y'all motherfuckers. Got too comfortable. Way too comfortable. And, and, and you know, and here, that's, that's some fuck shit too. That is some real fuck shit. That's what fucks my brain up. Is that you are willing to quote unquote cancel someone off of shit they did a decade ago when their viewpoints now are completely different a decade later. People can change their fucking minds. Okay? Let's get that one thing straight. People can change their damn minds. People can change their viewpoints on things in life over time. Again, my mindset at 22 is not what my mindset is at 32. I think a lot different. And I damn sure wasn't the loud, brash, unapologetic, brazen motherfucker that's talking to you right now. I was very quiet, very timid, and socially, I was alright. But I was very reluctant to say anything because I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. In my mind, now, I could give a fuck less. You get mad? I don't give a fuck. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. 
You don't like it, you don't gotta listen. I've said this from day fucking one. If you do not like what I have to say and bring to the table, this show ain't for you. We don't coddle shit here, nor nor do we even try to attempt to hold anything back. Everyone is welcome to the table to bring their ideas and shit. That's what's, that's what's the wrong with this motherfucking society today. Y'all too offended by everything. This shit happened damn near what? I would say if this happened, I don't know the year, all right? Y'all motherfuckers getting way too bored. Go be productive and shit. If you're if you're big thing and if you're if you strive to become that big that one motherfucker that can cancel somebody and ruin somebody's fucking livelihood, get fired from their job. Not being able to take care of their families. All this shit, something's wrong with you. I get it. I get it. They said something wrong. I totally get that. Easily get that. Totally get that. It was fucked up. All right? Not a big fan of, you know, hearing people with with the N-word and all that shit. At some points, I don't even like the fact that black people say the N-word on that. I try to, I'm, I'm trying to more and more try to refrain myself from saying the N-word. As a person, as a person, as a person that's half black, dead ass. Okay, because I feel I don't need to say that in order to express how I feel. Feel me? They apologize for what they did then. I know what y'all trying. I know what y'all cancel culture motherfuckers are trying to do. I'm trying to get that apology from them, and you know. That even if you get that apology, you're just going to want to fuck with them more. Okay? Let it go. They said it. They apologized for it. It's made the rounds a few times. But y'all PC, cancel culture motherfuckers get me pissed off. You're ruining livelihoods over this shit. Over a view that was done five years ago. Ten years ago. Fifteen years ago. Damn near twenty years ago. People's mindset change. People's views on shit changes. Yours change. Possibly for the worse. Just me though. But. Yeah. Ain't, ain't no reason to, you know, go out of your damn way to try to fucking fuck somebody's livelihood up. Because of something they said damn near 20 years ago. It's bullshit. I need to stop that shit. And, and when you see people trying to cancel other motherfuckers because of that shit, you need to fuck with, you need to let them call them out on their bullshit. That's the only way it stops. It's PC cancel culture shit. I ain't with it. Never have been, never will. This is why, this is part of the reason why I have a podcast in the first place to freely express my mindset. Now, I'm not trying to brainwash you, indoctrinate you or anything like that whatsoever. I'm just giving you my opinion on the world of professional wrestling and everything that surrounds it. If you fuck with me, cool. If you don't, hey, do you. At the end of the day, you ain't hurting my feelings. You're not. You know you're not. I know I'm not. And at that point, we can just go our separate ways and, you know, let it be what it be. All right? 
Y'all need to stop this shit, though. It's fucking up people's livelihoods. And for some reason, how the hell does it make you feel better at the end of the day? It's far beyond my train of thought. But I'm going to get away from that. We're going to finish up this segment of the program by talking about, of course, AEW NXT ratings. Because, yeah, it's numbers, but it's news. So I'm going to talk about it. From WrestlingInc.com, AEW Dynamite beats WWE NXT again this week. NXT viewership increases. This is because from my favorite professional wrestling writer in the game, Dave, Mr. Mark Middleton. Week 42. Damn, it's already been week 42? Shit. 42 weeks of the Wednesday Night War. My goodness. So AEW Dynamite pick up another win over WWE NXT in viewership and ratings. Wednesday's Dynamite episode drew 773,000 viewers, down 8.5% from last week on TNT, topping the 707,000 viewers. That was an increase of 15% for NXT, garnered by NXT on the USA Network by 9.3%, according to Showbuzz Daily. AEW ranked 57th in total viewership, while NXT ranked 60th in viewership combined. The two shows averaged 1.48 million viewers. Up 1.4 from last week. And actually, I'm going I'm to make this a thing for me. I'm going to take both of the combined and see what uh, um, what they got with Monday Night Raw is going on. Because there's some, of, some of y'all cats online, and I'm not, I ain't going to name names because I don't know any of your names, nor do I give a shit. Some of y'all out here really, really thinking you got to... You, you got a slick comment talking about, oh, oh, AEW got 700 someone. That was it. Hold on. Let me make sure I get exactly as I can talk, talk do this bit. Oh, AEW got 773,000. <laughs> Raw got more, more, more viewers than AEW, lol. That's how, it, it, this is how dumb you sound. I'm not concerned about the viewership. Only when I make fun of it. What matters is the content of the show itself. That's what should mean more than anything. Yeah, I know. Men lie. Women lie. Numbers don't. But it also goes with the content you are putting out to the, to the people who are watching trying to watch your programming. If your show sucks, they ain't watching it. Okay? Let's keep that a buck over on this side because, um, no, that ain't it. No, that was three weeks ago. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, mind you, I can't believe we're already in August. It was as if it was as if yesterday I, we were just chilling. Um, you know, we were just chilling in July. All this stuff. It was crazy. It was crazy. But let let, let me let's check on this raw shit real quick, right? Seven twenty eight. Miss that? Tap that. Let's see what Raw's ratings look like. Now we said combined 1.48 million for WWE and NXT, right? From F4WOnline.com, one of my one of the websites I normally don't go to on a regular basis. But when it comes to ratings, I does WWE Raw ratings. Let's say two. This is from the twenty eighth. Okay, let's keep that in mind. 
WWE Raw ratings remain near record low levels. By Dave Meltzer. Let's get into it. Last night's Raw number. Now, I'm reading it as it is written. Even though there were some bright spots as far as the first two hours not doing too badly, ended up as the second least watched episode of the history of the sh- of the show in its history and third lowest ever in 18 to 49. Raw averaged 1.62 million viewers, down 1% from last week's second worst number ever. But this show was loaded with the Asuka vs. Sasha Banks Raw Women's Championship match and the Drew McIntyre vs. Dolph Ziggler match, which was pushed on television as for the WWE Championship before it was quietly changed to non-title over the weekend. The idea of doing the second worst number ever with two major title matches has to be considered a strong negative. In addition, Raw set all-time record lows for the third hour built around those two matches, which did 1.46 million viewers, breaking the single-hour record low of 1.5, set by last week's Hour 3 with Randy Orton versus Big Show in 0.41, 18-49, breaking the all-time Raw lowest all-time Raw lowest hour of 0.42, set last week. The show averaged a 0.48 in the 18-49 demo, the third lowest ever because the first and second hours were up from last week in the key demo, an overall 4% increase from last week. I can continue on, honestly, if you'd like me to. And I'm going to. Raw finished 19th overall and third in 18-49. In 18-49, it trailed only 90 Day Fiance on TLC and Below Deck Mediterranean on Bravo. It was fifth in total viewers among non-news shows last night. Raw was still first in both males 18-49 and 18-34. Wait till Monday Night Football comes back into the fold and let's see if we're singing the same fucking tune. Raw is down 30% from the same week last year overall, 35% in 18-49, and down 52% from last year in 18-34. The bad sign was the 14% first-to-third-hour drop is more than the show has been doing in recent weeks. The drops were 28% in women 18-49, 16% in males 18-49, 88% in teenage girls, and literally in parentheses they wrote, unheard of, and 52% in teenage boys, and in parentheses they literally said, also unheard of, while only 7% in over 50. There was something in hour two that was as big a turn off the teenagers as anything in recent memory. Ho oh, ho! Raw still beat AEW! <laughs> oh yeah! Y'all need to shut the fuck up. Getting tired of y'all stupid asses on Twitter talking about, oh yeah! Monday Night Raw still beat AEW this week. Bitch, the show got a 1.62. Combined AEW and NXT got a 1.48. Put it this way. I am waiting for the day AEW and NXT beat Raw combined. We already know both shows are better than Raw. Raw is trash. Y'all can't, y'all can't, I, I, I will literally, you can argue with me otherwise. 
Good luck. Raw brings nothing to the table for me. 88% in teenage girls dropped off. 52% in teenage boys. Unheard of numbers. Lowest third hour? Lowest hour in the history of your show? Never good words to hear. But Ross still beat AEW, right? Not fucking worth it. Raw's not worth it. Y'all dumb fucks on Twitter need to stop with that shit. For real. Fuck the numbers. What is the qual is the quality of the content on the show good enough to garner a better number than that? And a 1.62, trust me when I tell you, fam, ain't that good for you. Okay? So all you raw apologists out there, kick rocks. You know there's better product out there. You just choose not to either A, care, B, watch, or C, you just don't give a shit about AEW, and you just want to shit on them, try to shit on them every chance you get. And they're making you look bad. I'm sorry. Here's the only argument I need. Raw R has already had their lowest viewership in the history of its show. Three decades, and we're talking one fives. Get a 2.0 and then come talk to me. Oh, wait. God, who is booking your shit? Yeah. Bruce Pritchard's running ragged as fuck at this point. Mmm. Kind of sucks. Kind of sucks when Raw's trash. And no one really cares. But that's going to conclude this portion of the program. Talking about a little bit of news from AEW land. When we come back. Okay. It's time to light the... Fuse and talk about what went down this past Wednesday night on AEW Dynamite on a special Sunday episode of episode 235 of the YLB Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight from the Gift of Podcast, and you're listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. We are back with episode 235 of the YLP Podcast, and it's about that damn time to light the fuse and talk about what went down this past Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. Let me do things a little bit differently today. It's been a while since I've done this, and before I really got into the swing of things um, with last week, this week, and light the fuse... I used to do a little segment that I like to call Love Hate. So basically, it's pretty much what it is. Um, I would talk about what I loved about a particular episode of either NXT or AEW Dynamite. And I would talk about what I hated about this past week's episode of AEW Dynamite or NXT. And that would that would usually be what I would do for my episodes of... Um, Talking about NXT and AEW Dynamite. And I figured today would be a proper day, since it's a very special Sunday episode of the YLP podcast, that I would actually bring it back one time and uh, discuss a few things. Because, um, yes, AEW Dynamite won the week in terms of ratings, but that does not mean they got out of this 
unscathed. And I promise you, there are some things we're going to be talking about in the next segment, um, depending on how long this runs. But there were some things that I did like. There were some there were some good things about this past week's episode of AEW Dynamite. And the most important thing I think we should all take away from this week's episode is the fact that we finally, we finally have a date. We finally know when we're going to be getting AEW's All Out. Basically, All Out is their WrestleMania. And we finally now know that on Saturday, September 5th, all Out will be taking place in Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Biggest show of the year, of course. And finally, because usually they would do it in the last week of August um, to, end their, to end the summer and go into the fall. So now they're going to end it, of course. Technically, it's still summer, but we're going right into September with the first pay-per-view of technically the fall season. Um I'm happy that we now know a date. We finally have a date. And I'll be talking about a certain pay-per-view that is going to be challenging um, AEW's All Out. I'll be talking about that um, tomorrow for episode 236 of the YLP podcast. Because honestly, I'm not going to lie, it pissed me off too when I found out that they're going to have a pay-per-view follow SummerSlam. But that's the thing here today. We're not talking about WWE today. It's all about AEW Dynamite. But yes, I mean, I'm glad that we now know a date. We finally have a date locked down. We can finally mentally prepare for AEW's biggest show of the year. And I'm certain that a certain matchup will be happening for the AEW World Championship. But I'll get into that in just a moment. Before we get into that, though, uh, this segment is brought to you by, of course, our Patreon. Here. We do have a Patreon over on patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. 17 cents a day, nowadays, will not get you um, a piece of bazooka gum that you can get from the grocery store uh, or the convenience store or the bodega helping your hood. But, when you, but 17 cents a day, over on our side, can get you a lot of exclusivity. Let me explain what you would get if you join uh, Patreon.com. For 17 cents a day, you get to join our Patreon group chat, where you'll be able to talk with, of course, all the patrons, uh, including yourself, as well as all the members of Wrestle Addict Radio, including myself, King Ricky Rose, Kate Murphy, uh, Will, Nate and Fred of the Game Teacher Podcast, and, of course, the Light Show host, Mance Chappelle him. Self, so, um, it's a good time over there. We talk a lot about, of course, for wrestling, um, accomplishments. Every, I mean, normal everyday stuff. A um, little bit of trivia over there that um, that Nate's still doing. It's good times. It's really good time. Uh, it's really fun. Uh, definitely go in there every once in a while and chat with the patrons and all that. Always good times. So you get a little bit of that. Also, you get to listen to shows that are exclusive, literally exclusive to Wrestle Attic Radio that you will not hear. On regular Wrestle Addict Radio programming shows like Love and War, that's hosted by King Ricky Rose and Kate Murphy, as they talk about the trials and tribulations of dating as not only a professional wrestling fan, but also a professional wrestling podcaster. And I know there's a lot of us out there um, in the world that are trying to, you know, you know, in, you know, encounter dating and all that stuff. And sometimes, you know, being a professional wrestling fan, it's like, oh, 
oh, you still watch that? That's cool. Type of shit. But it's a really cool show. It's very, it's a really, really cool show. I'd say it's one of the, it's one of the cooler shows that we have on there. As well as Fritz's Fave 5. And I believe he just dropped a new episode today. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe uh, Top 5 wrestlers under 25, and I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and Fritzy, let me know if I got it wrong. Just let me know. Um, but yeah, you get to listen to episodes such as Top 5 uh, Ultimate X Matches, uh, Top 5 In Your House Shows of All Time, according to him, and uh, Top 5 Women's Wrestlers, according to Fretz, and that's always a good thing. As well as my Patreon-exclusive show, The Secret Files. And I'll be having one coming, and I will be having a new episode dropping this month, uh, I have a certain special guest that I will be bringing on the show, and the topic we're going to be talking about is a very, very interesting topic that needs to be discussed, um, and I've been discuss- discussing as of late, if you haven't really been listening, if you've been really listening, you'll know exactly what I'll be talking about. If not, once you hit play, you'll know exactly what I'll be discussing about, and it's really going to be a good time. I can't wait to do the show uh, with a special guest. I'm very excited to see how we interact, uh, and it's, I'll put it this way, it's a, it's a show it's a, it's a collaboration that has been in many, many moons in the making, um, all that. But I think the biggest thing you'll, that I think will hook you into considering being a part, a part of our Patreon today, or any day you decide to choose, is the fact that at checkout, you'll be given, you can get an exclusive code when you go to our Teespring stores. An exclusive code that will get you 15% off. Every single time you check out, doesn't matter if you go to my store, my Teespring store over on teespring.com slash these dash YLP dash collection. Doesn't matter. You can go to the uh, the original war store. You can go over to the uh, HBIC, um, King Ricky Rosé store, the Fretz of Mania store, Game Teacher store, as well as the Light store, the Light uh, collection as well. Any one of your collections, whatever you feel like getting, over on Teespring or Teespring.com stores, fifteen percent off every single time with a Patreon exclusive code that only patrons know. Now I know the code, but I can't tell you because, well, you're not part of Patreon. Peace with peace. But um, yeah, seventeen cents a day gets you all of that. Seventeen cents a day equates to five dollars a month. Five dollars a month, you get all of that. Now, for most people, that that is. Trust me, we're giving the whole boatload away. For only five bucks a month, you're getting all of that. Patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. Consider being a part of the family today. Now let's get back into the, the, the love portion of AEW Dynamite. I will say, there's a lot of hype going into the TNT Championship match between Cody Rhodes and Warhorse. Now, me personally, I've never seen Warhorse wrestle in my life. The only thing I've seen from Warhorse prior to what I saw against Cody Rhodes was um, a highlight video of what he does in the ring. And it got me, I was like, okay. I see what he's bringing to the table. I like what I see. But I wanted to see what he was going to do in a big match setting. This was his AEW debut, may I add. And I think the one thing that they did very, very well, and I have to commend AEW across the board, from entrance to commentary to the match itself, they made Warhorse look like a big fucking 
deal. And I think when it comes to debuts like that, I, I would say Eddie Kingston's was just as good. And now he signed to AEW. And again, congratulations to Eddie Kingston for being become a all elite. But now, I would not be surprised if Warhorse, within the next month or so, got signed to AEW. Because like I said, the entrance was money. The way the commentary team was talking about him, the way they hyped him up. That's how, I think I saw this from a tweet saying all of this. That's how you debut someone. And like I said, there was a lot, a lot of people wanted to see War Horse versus Cody for the TNT Championship. A lot of people were clamoring for War Horse to go to AEW and compete for the AEW TNT Championship. They got their wish, and personally, he did not disappoint. I even retweeted a tweet of his. I quote tweeted it, and I said, hey, this is the first time I saw you ever. Safe to say, you have a new fan in me. You have a new fan in me. I was thoroughly impressed by what Warhorse did against Cody Rhodes. He really, I think, as of I think the last few weeks, Cody really has been in some matches that a lot that I would even consider for honorable mentions of the year. And I put it into that into that pit. I was I was blown away by this. I was blown away by Warhorse's performance, his demeanor, uh, his character, everything. I was just I was perfectly just happy with this. They made Warhorse look like exactly what you know, exactly what you would wanted. You know, they really started slow, of course, but um, Warhorse really was starting to get the better of him early on, and you could tell that fr- frustration in Cody Rhodes' face. Um, but yeah, they really had, they really made Warhorse strong in this and they really allowed him to compete against Cody from bell to bell. And I mean, Warhorse held his own against Cody Rhodes and I was thoroughly happy with this. I mean, there's no way you can't tell me this wasn't a proper performance. I was thoroughly, I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away by Warhorse's performance on Wednesday night. I was just, I was so, so happy. I couldn't, I couldn't really, I couldn't get enough of it. Um, I mean, in the end, of course, um, Warhorse's leg jammed after he um, got the, you know, leaked over Cody. It jammed. Cody drop kicked it out, stepped through, gets the figure four. Uh, Warhorse blocked it. He kicks, uh, Cody kicks Warhorse, locks it in. Cody hits the bridge. Warhorse has no choice but to tap. And Cody retained the TNT Championship. But I have to say, I was thoroughly surprised. I'm very happy with what happened. I'm happy with his performance. I hope to see him again very soon. And I hope to see Warhorse in AEW. After that performance, why not? I mean, Ricky Starks had a match against Cody. Signed. Eddie Kingston had his match with Cody. Signed. Don't be surprised if this dude gets signed by AEW. I understand for everyone who was hyping up Warhorse, I understand why. I get it now. Warhorse is a beast. Even this uh, post-match promo, I loved it. I, I thoroughly loved what he uh, thoroughly loved his passion. He looked like he was he's very passionate about this business. I um, I now understand why Warhorse was being clamored for to compete against Cody for the TNT Championship. I was thoroughly blown away. 
And I couldn't be happier about his performance. But that wasn't the only debut made that night. After the matchup was over, um, out come the Dark Order. Warhorse himself got Cody out of the way with numbers uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds, three and four, get into the ring. They go after Warhorse. They get him out and start to go after Cody. Arn gets in. He was about to square up, but out of nowhere, Matt Cardona, FKA Zack Ryder, comes out, beats the hell out of Silver and Reynolds, Takes them both out, hits the Rough Rider on uh, Reynolds, and then Silver eats one as well. Cardona then close Reynolds out of the ring, and then, uh, you see Cody and Cardona standing strong at the end of the segment. So, not only do we get one debut, we got two. And now, I believe this coming Wednesday, Cardona makes his AEW in-ring debut as he teams up with Cody to take on John Silver and Alex Reynolds. It's been, I mean, for those of us who were a fan of Zack Ryder, actually I was. I personally was. And the reason a lot of people hate Vince McMahon for that is because of the fact that they really did him dirty in WWE. I, I honestly believe they did that man dirty. I mean, with the whole John Cena angle, with him winning the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania, then losing it the next night to The Miz, all that shit, just for him to have a moment. Zack Ryder could have been a big deal. And the fact that he got over on his own organically was the reason McMahon pretty much 86 him. I don't care what nobody fucking says. You can't tell me for one damn second that... You honestly can't tell me for one fucking second that had Vince McMahon allowed Ryder to get over on his own with his whole YouTube thing, being the internet champion... And all this stuff. Zack Ryder wouldn't have been a big deal in WWE. He wouldn't have been a big fucking deal. Has won the United States Championship. Has won the Intercontinental Championship. I'm not saying he would have been a main event player. But he would have definitely risen to upper mid-card status. But, unfortunately, when you get yourself over organically. And not being pushed organically by WWE. They stop your push. And I don't care what anyone says. That's what happened. That's the legitimate truth. And I'm glad as fuck he is now in AEW. I'm excited to see what they do with him. I really am. I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with him in AEW. And it starts this Wednesday night with Cardona and Cody taking on three and four. Now, going back to what I was saying earlier about All Out. Now, I know we're in a presidential year, and y'all know I'm not one for politics. Not my thing. I think it's all stupid. Quite hilarious, though. But that ain't that ain't worried. That ain't what I'm going to talk about. What I will say, though, if MJF, and I know Phoenix, I know Phoenix AEW is going to literally hate me for saying this, but if AEW allowed MJF to run for president of the United States, more than likely he wouldn't get a damn vote. But <laughs> he get my vote um, easily. I uh, mean, I add. But MJ for president twenty twenty. Okay, 
Just gonna put that out there, and y'all can deal with y'all can deal with that as y'all like. But yeah, I'm I am definitely happy with what MJF did, and this is actually what I wrote down in my notes. MJF may not be running for president, but he is campaigning to be your next AEW World Champion. This is how they we're, we're gonna go through the entire segment as fast as we possibly can. So Freeman walks out. Very politician-style poster saying, we deserve better as an AEW champion. Gets a stick of gum from an assistant. Signs a form. Wardlow accompanying MJF out to the stage. Presidential style seal on the podium. Waving to the crowd. Crowd despises him. Uh, he says hello to commentary. Gets some hand sanitizer after shaking some hands. MJF kisses a baby. But then he gets a mouthwash for that. Um, he doesn't like babies. He's with a beast. Uh, takes pictures with a fan wearing his button, admiring one of his political signs, and now he conducts his state of the industry address. MJF is now at his podium. Thanks to crowd for being here. Thank you, Tony Khan, for giving him the time to speak. So the marks, oh, oh, I mean people. I want to be honest, though. Wrestling fans aren't that bright. But fortunately, I have an exorbitant amount of time to force feed you all the knowledge like a five-year-old being fed mac and cheese. Assistant goes over to telling him to stick to the notes. Right. Sorry, honey, but please, smile. You look much better that way. Before I start this speech, I would like to implore you, our AEW fans who we are so grateful for, to use the following hashtags on social media. Hashtag MJF2020. Hashtag NotMyChampion. You'll all find out in a moment's time. Please bear with me. Right now, the fans are probably shocked to see me on Dynamite two weeks in a row. Instead of on the sidelines with all the bench warmers. Doing great, by the way, guys. I'm sure the fans see my point and wonder why that happens to me. I'll tell you why. The reason I've never spotlighted two weeks in a row is because a certain individual is afraid of being upstaged two weeks in a row. That's why I say it is time for a change in leadership. Change. A powerful word. I remember when AEW first started. Men were calling for change. One man in particular called for a paradigm shift. That man called for out with the old and in with the new. I'm not sure about the fans, but to me, a guy a guy on the top of the card who gets to do what he wants, say what he wants, and face only who he wants, simply because he came from a place of titans. Nice little jab there. Is it new? That's old hat, brother. <laughs> AEW quickly went from being a wrestling revolution to an unfortunate dictatorship. That is why John Moxley is not my champion. I cannot tell a lie. And I will not stand here and pretend Moxley isn't one of the greatest wrestlers this sport has ever seen. However, it is high time that we as a society have an honest discussion about all the negative side effects that have occurred ever since the Moxley reign has started. Wrestling is on the marquee, and yet, where is it? All I see is a bunch of great wrestlers coming out to the ring and perform gymnastics, flip-flop and fly, and, or almost die in an attempt to make you, the viewers, think they're good at their job. But I don't blame the fans, because they were brainwashed into thinking that's what good pro wrestling is. That brainwashing starts all the way at the top. That is why, Jonathan, a world champion is supposed to lead by example. He is not supposed to let his roster mates come out here and play wrestle. And you're damn sure you're not supposed to come out here and cosplay as a specific wrestler. And that's a stone-cold fact. 
He was throwing jabs. Hella jabs. That's three if you think about it. I don't have to play wrestler because I am one. I am undefeated. The first and the last MJF. You know what? I'm not a media analyst. Yet everyone wants to pretend to be because people want to talk about ratings. That is why Dictator John is treated so well. It all comes down to the value of my name. His name. I'm sorry. Because where on earth would the numbers lie without Dictator John, right? Wrong. On average, the one who draws better minute to minute is me. Did you not know that? That's because Dictator John doesn't want you to. According to Dictator John, MJF is not on his level. So why should he have to deal with MJF? How dare you? AEW is the land of opportunity, but Moxley has squandered that. That is why they need a new guard, since the old guard has been running the planet for centuries. And look where it's gotten this boy. Boy, he was spitting. I felt that when he said that shit. Because I'm a big fan of that. Let the old guard, old guard ate too much. They've been at the buffet way too long. It's time for the old guard to step aside and let the new guard handle business. War, famine, disease. By the way, that last bit before I started talking again with Davos on me. The planet is dying and so are our morals. And so here we are. Moxley runs the show and the infrastructure is falling and falling fast. I vow to catch this company, throw it on my back, and carry it up the steep terrain all the way to the top. My talent outweighs Moxley's tenure. MJF is a... E-W. I bleed black, white, and gold. I am the guy who will lead this company for the next 25 years. Do the math and grab a calculator. That is why I will not stop until we go from happily glad-handing for being the alternative and transform this brand into the pinnacle of professional wrestling. That much the crowd can get behind. I challenge you for the AEW Championship at all That's a man you can believe in. I said this months ago, right after MJF beat Cody, and you can and you can actually find it on on the shit. Back, go back to February immediately after, about a couple weeks after. I, I actually, I think I actually did it on the the Friday after um, Revolution. MJF is your next world champion in AEW. Now. I was thinking they were going to do it a double or nothing, but I figured, okay, they're going to give Moxley a little bit of time with the belt. I get it. Then I thought, all out. AEW is going to get a new champion come September 5th. This is about the easiest bet you can take in the world, and you can take that bet to the bank. I know a lot of y'all and I understand, hate MJF. But it's the character, not the man. Remember that. But MJF as AEW World Champion? Oh, yeah. I can easily see it. I, I Like I said, I said this back in late February, early March. MJF is going to be your next AEW World Champion. And I'm saying it, what? Six months later? Come September 5th. MJF will walk away from All Out as your new AEW World Champion. Y'all may not like it, but it's facts. 
There's a reason MJF is still undefeated. There's a reason they see something big in Maxwell Jacob Freeman. Now, like I said, he may not be running for president, but that was, that he is putting on one hell of a champagne campaign right now. And trust me when I tell you, I'll tell you two things. One, my, uh, MGF is going to be your new AEW World Champion on September 5th. B, MJF and Moxley will... I'm going to put this as a bold prediction right the fuck now. John Moxley versus Maxwell Jacob Freeman will may end up being on my top 10 matches of the year list. If they build this up throughout the entire month of August the way I think they're going to, there is no way on God's green earth you mean to tell me that... Uh, MJF and uh, Moxley can't tear down the building. If I think they're going to book it the way they're going to book it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a great build between now and uh, September 5th. Get ready. Because I think this is the one matchup a lot of people are going to be talking about for the next four weeks. Or should I say five weeks? And I think MJF is ready for this. I think MJF is ready to take on being the top guy of a company. He deserves it. That's not to say Moxley's reign isn't in vain because his, his championship reign has been fantastic. But as they always say, uh, and uh, I can attest to this, three is the magic number. Your third AEW World Champion will be Maxwell Jacob Freeman. Burberry for life. And to round out the love portion of the program, Dynamite's main event was damn good. And brought along a match that my mind, body, and soul are not prepared for. Now, I'm talking about, of course, the Tornado Tag, the notice qualification Tornado Tag Team match between John Moxley and Darby Allin taking on Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. This was fun. This was great. From beginning to end, Taz talking shit in the promo. Talking about how we beat the living shit out of Darby Allen. You know, he's going to get bounced around. Talking about the deltoids, the traps, biceps like hammers, triceps like pistons, the always smooth Ricky Starks. Starks talking his shit. Young, handsome, and successful. Basically everything your baby mama wishes you were. Ooh! <laughs> what a line, what a line. But yeah, I mean... <laughs> and the line, I think the line of the promo when he said, so when a man who choked out an Olympic gold medalist tells me to go get him, well, guess what, baby? I got him. Fire. Fire. But as they came out, Darby Allen coffin drop off the Raptors. Woo! Great way to start the match. And then, of course, Taz is claiming it was a trap. Admiral Akbar. Um... And of course, they, they went about their matchup. This matchup was dope. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to get into the whole thing. But yeah, all four men hit their numbers. They did exactly what they needed to do. It was fantastic from beginning to end. And uh, yeah, they they definitely did their job. They hit. They did everything. The power slam, power bomb combo, fire. 
The German suplex into the edgematic from Stark's fire. Dope shit. Discus Larry. Uh, Discus Larry from Cage looks like death. Um, whew, the double Alabama slam into the trash can. Hilarious. I was I was dead. I was laughing my ass off. The coffin drop paradigm shift was great. That was crazy. That was crazy. That was banana. <laughs> that was fire. That was oh, that was so nasty. Um, of course, Darby. Uh, the end of the match had seen. Um, Darby had to uh, use the uh, the crash can. Smashes it on Cage's bad arm. Cage rolling out of the ring. Darby goes after him, but fetches something underneath the ring. Gets the skateboard. Thumbtacks on the bottom, of course. Uh, Starks hurries over. Gets jammed with the edge. Darby goes up top with his board. Cage anchors him. Moxley hits a drive-by dropkick. Gets the arm in the process. Uh, he then gets uh, he has Cage anchored with the arm bar. Darby hits Starks. I think he hit Cage with it. If I'm not, I don't know if it was Cage or Starks, but I think he hit Cage and not Starks with the skateboard tack attack that he usually does off the top off the top rope. Cage was pretty much shaking, convulsing, convulsing and shit. And Darby and Moxley, and uh, Allen and Moxley get the victory. That was crazy. Oh, it was Starks. Okay, yeah, so it was Starks. My apologies. Bleeding from his back. Crazy. Oh, my God. Now, the reason... Now, what match did they bring along? Well, they announced it at the end of the episode that next week, or should I say this coming Wednesday, it will be Darby Allen challenging John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. My mind, my body, and my soul are not prepared for this. Not whatsoever. I'm not ready. This will be Allen's second time gunning for the AEW World Championship. I believe this is Moxley's fourth defense of the championship? Let me think. Jericho. Well, the thing, too, Jericho never got his rematch either. So I don't know what they're going to do it just yet. But uh, that's a whole different story for another day. Um, but in terms of, you know, Moxley versus Allen, oh, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. I can't wait to see this matchup. I am not prepared to see this matchup, but this matchup is going to be absolutely bananas. My, I'm going to lodge you the fuck out of that match. I can't wait. This matchup is going to be dope. And a great way to... This is actually a great way to end this week's episode. Easily. And I was very excited to see how this matchup went. And I was very pleased with what they did. But that will conclude the love portion of the program. When we come back... Yeah, we got some shit to talk about. Three things in particular. And uh, I'm not saying I'm going to rant or anything, but I may do a little bit of ranting depending on what we talk about. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. It is now the Sunday evening love-hate special part two. And we get into the hate segment of the program. For those of you who don't know, when I used to do love-hate, I used to have a lot of fun with the hate part, because 
I got to rant my ass off. But I'm going to try my best to refrain from uh, yelling. Ten man tag team match was one hell of a clusterfuck, wasn't it? You know the opening tag match. You know with the um, best friends and friends against the inner circle. Yeah, it was just really all over the place, and I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just wasn't feeling this matchup. I mean, I thought initially. It was good, but then when you get to sleep on it and you think about, you know, the episode and what went down, it turned out to be one hell of a clusterfuck. It really did. And um, I was just, I don't know. I, I really don't know what they were thinking here. I mean, there's a lot going into, the, going into play, a lot of the rivalries going on, you know, with the best friends and the inner circle and, of course, Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho and, all that stuff. But for me personally, this this really didn't do it for me. Usually, as of late, the opening matches of, the, of Dynamite cards have, most of, for the most part, been fire. Um, considering the fact that Cody has been pretty much uh, using the Open Challenge platform to defend the TNT Championship, and he had some fire-ass matches to open the show, I guess it was one of those things where I'm kind of watching it, and I'm enjoying it. But at times, I was... I got a little bit lazy. I started looking at my phone. I was checking my laptop, all this stuff. And at that point, when I start doing that, I can tell this isn't a good match for me personally. I've noticed that pattern as of late. You know, think certain things were. I, I was keeping an eye on it, making sure you know I, was, I didn't miss anything for the most part. But it ended up just being one hell of a clusterfuck. I mean, in the end, um. Matt, I think the, the biggest thing to come out of it was the fact that Matt Hardy had uh, pretty much screwed over Sammy Guevara. And um, shoving uh, Sammy off the top, Luchasaurus grabs him, choke slam, hit him with the spinning buzzsaw kick, and uh, they got the win. So uh, the only good thing that honestly came out of this was the fact that now we get the return of the Matt Hardy-Sammy Guevara feud. That was pretty much it. That, that, that's pretty much all I honestly cared about at that point. It was just, sometimes, usually 10-man tags can turn out to be a dope match. This one in particular, mm, you know, it wasn't the best, but it definitely wasn't the worst, obviously. Uh, it just really, it just really didn't do it for me. It didn't. It just really didn't do. I don't know. I mean, trying to figure out the words for this and not trying to not trying to go off are very hard. But I mean, just this this particular matchup just didn't do it for me. I mean, I'm glad the best friends weren't casting. Jurassic Express got the victory. That's all well and good. The you know, Hardy, you know, Sammy Fuse coming back. I'm fine with that. Other than that, 
I don't know. I mean, these anything past like a six man tag, maybe an eight man tag. I don't know. It gets it turns it starts turning into a major clusterfuck uh, for me personally. I don't know. It, it just it just didn't it just didn't do what I thought it was going to do. Um, it happened. Hopefully they hopefully they, when they do a ten man tag next time it gets it becomes a little bit better. But uh, we'll we'll see how it goes um, from there. What else did I hate? Well, hmm, hmm. Why in the hell did AEW even bother signing Cameron? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Ariane. Uh, now this is technically a two-parter, but I put it separate. So, we have, of course, the Deadly Draw Tournament, the Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament. And I'll get into more fun with that in just a moment. We had a backstage segment with Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. Having heard the Deadly Draw announcement, of course, Dasha asked who the Native Beast and her new manager are looking forward to having as a tag partner. Dasha, baby girl, um, they don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> and they damn sure don't 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 really care. Vicky answers saying for Nala by saying, it doesn't matter. The trophy is as good as ours. And if you'll excuse me, Nala's gonna draw. So she grabs purple. Nala's like, I like purple. And Dasha tells her, wouldn't you know, someone else has already drawn purple. Cameron. Cameron gonna get fucked up. I'll put that out there right the fuck now. Nyla Rose, Cameron is going to be a matchup, and Cameron's gonna be reason they lose. Nyla Rose is pretty much out of this tournament in terms of the uh, women's uh, tag team cut tournament. Really though, Cameron? Cameron. The weak half of the Funko Dactors. I'm not the biggest fan of her. Never have, probably never will be. I understand what you're trying to do with the women's division, given the fact that many of your major players are out. Of course, you got Big Slow on suspension. Britt Baker's got an injury. Statlander's out with an ACL. Pretty much until next year. And the only two major players you got in the division right now are, are Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose. I maybe would put Penelope Ford in there. Maybe. But Cameron, though, Arion, sounds like a sounds like a really bougie water. Sounds like Evian's bootleg cousin. Arion. Really? Really do like like you, you went through the entire list of, of possible talent you could probably pick up, and um, you decided to go with old girl there. They, they testing my patience. They are testing my damn patience, y'all. 
really trying to do it. I lied. Does anyone actually give a damn shit or fuck about the Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Anybody? You? You? You with the Tims? I do not care one bit about this Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament. And I'll give you the biggest reason why. Because this tournament starts tomorrow, and they're going to put it on YouTube. 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 Not on AEW Dynamite Programming. YouTube. Now, I did read a report that Tainara Conti actually is going to be part of this tournament. She drew uh, Anna Jay as her partner. And I will say there's going to be a lot of booty to look at. I ain't mad about that one bit. I am just a man. I am merely just a man. Okay. Bless it. Bless them. They, but if you're going to make this a big fucking deal, then why the fuck we're going to put it on YouTube instead of AEW Dynamite programming? Are we trying to get eyes on their YouTube? Honestly. Are we trying to get this on their YouTube? Why? Really? I'm trying to refrain so hard. I'm trying. I am trying to refrain right the fuck now. I, I, I am really trying very hard to... Not go off. Really trying hard here. Because really, if AEW really wanted to showcase their ladies, I don't know. Maybe you should put them on their fucking AEW Dynamite show instead of fucking YouTube. Tournament starts this Monday. Mañana. Tomorrow. This is why I am been so sour on the AEW women's division. And why I've been so sour on AEW for doing... For going about shit the way they're going about it with the ladies. Y'all know that I am an advocate for the women's division... I would like them to be displayed as proper as, as, as properly as they can. But what in the absolute hell is this? And I'm talking to the AEW brass here. Tony Khan, Cody, Kenny and them. Brandy, that just includes you, honey.
Whose brand fucking whose grand fucking idea is this? Whose brand new grand idea was this? This right here is some absolute grade A bullshit. Come on, y'all. Really? This this is what we doing? Really, dude? This this, this is what we doing. We just gonna put the whole tournament on YouTube. Instead of being able to display your division on Dynamite. What are you trying to say about the division then? Hmm? Do, do you not care? Because I'm getting sick and fucking tired of AEW not showcasing their ladies in a proper fashion. I'm not. I'm getting tired of it. Makes me want to punch shit. Maybe this is why I need therapy. But this is my outlet to be a group. I'm letting all my aggression out. Not on you personally, the listener. I'm just letting my aggression out on AEW because... As Robert Downey Jr. said in Tropic Thunder with the classic line, you never go full retard. You never go full retard. AEW in terms of their women's division are going full retard. Do you not care? Enough, AEW brass. Do you not care about showcasing your women's division in a proper light? Because there isn't a fucking reason why you should put this on YouTube if you're trying to showcase your ladies. None. And, and to be perfectly honest, if we're going to keep it 100, I could give a fuck less about this Tag Team Cup tournament for the simple fact that you're, what, what is the end goal of this? You get a trophy? That's the only incentive you're bringing to the table. Cameron? Huh? Cameron. I don't even know the... I, I was... Man. Okay, hold on. Let me see if I can find the bracket. If, if they already got the bracket out, I want to see this shit. I just want to see... I just want to see it. I just want to see the bracket. If they have, If they have the bracket... Because I already know they, I already, we already know one team is going to be, uh, well, we know, well, now you know, Tina Arconti and, uh, Anna Jay. As Chris Jericho revealed. And now we have Nyla Rose and Cameron. Oh, I'm sorry, Arian. Ooh. I can't find the bracket, but we're going to end, we're going to end today's episode with this article. From DailyDDT.com, from their fan-sided portion of the program. Uh, I don't care. AEW is making a mistake with the Women's Tag Team Tournament. Written by Samantha Shipman. This is actually from a couple days ago. Last week, AEW announced during Dynamite that there will be a Women's Tag Team Tournament coming this summer. No other details were given other than the Nightmare Sisters would be competing. Randy Rhodes and Ali, I forgot about that. 
A video showed Big Swole, Nyla Rose, Diamante, Hikaru Shida, Anna Jay, and Penelope Ford would be involved. On last night's, well, let's go with uh, on Wednesday's Dynamite, we learned a little bit more about the deadly draw during a backstage segment with Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. The rules for the tournament are that there it is a random draw in which all participants must draw a color. Matching colors will become a team. Selections are final, which means they can't be appealed. In the segment, we saw that Nyla Rose drew a purple dice. Someone else also drew purple. Ariane Andrew, formerly known as Cameron in WWE. Nyla's manager, Vicky, quickly expressed her displeasure with the news. Quote, at Brandy Rhodes at AE, AE Wrestling. These rules are unacceptable. Who I would have created better rules. At Arian Andrew, who? Nyla Rose, at Nyla Rose Beast doesn't need no help. Trophy will look great in the Vicious Vixens locker room. Tony Schiavone said on the broadcast, the show will start Monday on AEW's YouTube. This is a terrible idea and does a disservice to the women. Dynamite is a two-hour show on national TV. Surely they can devote time to two matches a show. One of the biggest complaints in AEW's young history is the women's division. They aren't usually given enough time. The division is the weakest of the three, even before the pandemic and injuries hit hard. Please don't misunderstand. They have very talented women. Most of the criticism is not on the talent of the talent themselves. AEW has a huge opportunity to give the women's division a chance to show out. When the announcement of the deadly draw was made, there was a lot of positive feedback. Not on my end. Finally, the women will get good TV time was the general consensus. Most of y'all. Then came the dreaded news that they would not, in fact, be on TV. At all. The backlash was immediate. The women are being failed again. It is not enough to have an all-women's tournament. They must be showcased on national TV. If they're bringing in indie talent as they've done for Cody... This can bring more eyes to the product, on TV, not online. The women need to be given the same opportunity as the men to be on weekly TV. Not relegated to the internet. Ring of Honor did the same thing with the Women of Honor, and it didn't go well. Just because Dark does relatively well on YouTube, it doesn't mean the women's tournament should also be on YouTube. Dark works, works a secondary show on YouTube, but there are still plenty of fans that watch Dynamite and not Dark. I'm one of them. Since news of the deadly draw being on YouTube was announced, AEW social media has been noticeably quiet. The segment with Nala Rose and Ariane is not on Twitter or YouTube. AEW Heels hasn't even mentioned the tournament. I believe that's the, the ladies' portion of AEW, uh, their TV sh- uh, their show or whatever. It is possible that they are reconsidering their plan due to the backlash. However, this has not let them off the hook until the fans expressed their, dis- expressed their displeasure. They were going to put the tournament online. Not only do the women of AEW deserve better, but so does the fans. For a company that has been open to bringing in who the fans want to see against Cody, they do not listen about the women's division very often. They did at least listen about the Nightmare Collective. AEW has said time and time again that they are revolutionary, different, cutting edge, and will listen to the fans. So far, they've proven to be tone deaf when it comes to their women's division. The women deserve better. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 235 of the YLP Podcast, the Sunday Evening Love Hate Special. When we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you primed and ready for episode 236 of the YLP Podcast. We'll be right back.
Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 235 of the YLP Podcast, the Sunday evening love-hate special. Before I get into the rest of my spiel, I do want to apologize for not getting this out on Friday or Saturday. Of course, Friday, I um, had a little back pain uh, from a few days of work, so that is why I did not record on Friday. And I said earlier in the, in the beginning of the podcast, um, I did not want to interfere with the Game Changer podcast numbers, so that is why I did not uh, record or do anything on Saturday. Uh, my apologies for that, not uh, putting that out there. But um, I want to make sure I got this out here. On today, and I think it's a nice little, nice little day. It's an open day for all us here at War, so I uh, figured it'd be the best day to do it. But I do enjoy you, you know, checking out this episode of the podcast, and I do hope you enjoy the rest of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are, and the world. Thank you guys so, so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you have any thoughts, comments, opinions, what you thought about AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday, what do you think about coming up for this uh, week's episode of AEW Dynamite, or anything else in between, do not hesitate to hit me up with a voice message on anchor.fm slash perspective or on anchor.fm slash Radio. If you're on the war side, make sure you put YLP in your title so that I know you're talking to me. And if I like what you bring to the table, if I like what you're saying, if I like what I'm digging with you, you know, putting out there, I'm no problem putting it on a future episode of the YLP Podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, Instagrams, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Gab, Parlor, um, Facebook Messenger, even send it through a text message, slide into your friends' DMs, let them know. Let them know about this show. If you like, if you like, you know, you think that someone's going to enjoy this, you know, loud, brash, abrasive, unapologetic podcast that I bring to the table here, let a friend know. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Let them know about the podcast and all that good shit, okay? Because in these unprecedented times, we here at Wrestle Addy Radio are here to provide solace to your uh, situation because with the YLP podcast, the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and of course, the Delight Show with Man Chappelle. We strive to not only be the cure for the common podcast, but we are 100% without a doubt, out a doubt, then, now, and forever, the alternative for professional wrestling podcast, and that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all, do not listen to this podcast in the Anchor app, and that's perfectly fine. You're not hurting my feelings whatsoever. Everyone's got their favorite streaming platform that they use for all their podcasting needs. But if you think for one second that the YLP Podcast is all about just ambiguous podcast solutions.com, anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective, and anchor.fm slash Wrestle Addict Radio, my friend, you are sadly mistaken, okay? Because you can find this podcast... The Game Changer Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, and the Delight Show with Mench Bell across several different platforms, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podcast Addict Player FM, Podbean, Castbox FM, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the YLP Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Game Changer Podcast. And the delight show with Manchapel across all these different platforms, 
and you should have no problem finding us. What so ever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast over on my social media, I got a couple places you can check out and find for all your wonderful YLP needs. If you want to find me over on the Twitter sphere, Twitter land, as I like to call it, you can find me over there at Suede Senator War. That's S U E D E S E N A T O R capital W capital L capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite on Wednesday nights. SmackDown Live on Fridays, unless I have a prior engagement to attend to. In that case, I will let y'all know, most, for the most part, on my Twitter if I'll be live tweeting that evening. Every WWE live pay per view, and we do now know. That on August 23rd, next time we'll be doing some live tweeting for a pay-per-view, is going to be SummerSlam. Of course, it'll be, we don't know, we, we hearing cruise ships, we hearing weird shit. And we won't know until then, but once we find out, I will pass along that information to you. Every AEW live pay-per-view, and I will be live tweeting for AEW All Out on September 5th. That is going to be some good fun shit there. Every NXT and NXT UK takeover special. Now we know NXT TakeOver 30 will take place on August 22nd. And that's always good to hear. And as far as I know, NXT UK TakeOver Dublin will still be taking place in October. Is that everything with coronavirus is good to go. So we'll know. Hopefully October comes around. We still get Dublin. Please give us Dublin, wrestling gods. Please give us Dublin. And y'all know NJPW is back. And now it is hard for me to watch um, NJPW Live sometimes. But if I do, and it happens to be 3.30 in the morning, and I cannot go back to sleep on a Saturday because uh, I went to the bathroom and it'd be like that sometimes, I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. If you want to go over to my Instagram side of things, the mothership and hub of everything that is YLP Universe, you can follow me over there at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective. Memes, in case you missed it, updates, breaking news, all that fun stuff. Memes, memes, and more memes. If you have any memes, send them to me over in my DMs. Trust me, I will have no problem A, posting it on my social, posting it on my Instagram, B, tagging you in it and make sure you get your claim to fame and all that good stuff. Trust me, I want to have interaction with y'all. Want you to be part of the YLP movement as well. This is a you and me thing, all right? Without y'all, there is no me. So, again, send me your best pro wrestling memes. Even if you find them on the internet, send them to me if I've never really seen it. And I'll easily tag you on there as well. Trust me. I'll put it on there for sure. If you want to follow me over on my Facebook, and surprisingly, yes, I still have a Facebook because I haven't deleted it yet. But since I have a podcast, I can't delete my Facebook, which is kind of upsetting. But that bees what it bees. Um, But if you want to go search over there, search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Okay, um, like the page, follow the page, share the page. We're over 100 followers over there, and I think every single one of y'all for um, liking that, following that, all that good stuff. We're only getting bigger, and I definitely would love to get it to 200 before the end of 2020 and, be, and then go on from there. Follow me on these platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. And I'm going to go over to the judges to ensure I have taken care of all my obligations for today's episode. And I'm looking actually over to Mongolia today. For some reason, he is staring me down. And I'm getting a thumbs up. All right. So, of course, y'all know. Again, my apologies for not getting this out sooner. Uh, but y'all know what the situation was Friday and Saturday. 
But episode 236 of the YLP Podcast will be going down tomorrow night. And since it is a non-pay-per-view weekend, this Monday, of course, will be another episode, brand new episode of News of the Weekend, where I'll talk about all the important news that's fit for me to talk about. And it's going to be some good stuff. I haven't really uh, gotten into anything as of yet, but I'm sure there will be plenty of news for me to find. And we'll discuss that all tomorrow night. So, guys, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. If you're going to be watching sports, there's plenty of game on. I got the Celtic game on right now, and we are destroying Portland with a little bit more than four minutes left in the second. We're up 21, and I'm feeling damn good, especially what happened against Milwaukee on Friday night. We won't discuss that. We ain't going to try to discuss that. Other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And I'll see you guys right back here for episode 236 tomorrow night for the YLP Podcast. See you! This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.